Hello, and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. It is episode 27, I got here with me, fan favorite, Ian Dixon. How are you doing today, Ian? I'm as well as can be expected. As well as can be expected <laughs> on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> After five days of being, um, being brutally tortured by, uh, by having to work, having to employ, be employed, yeah. having to just, just do effort. Like you're, you're, you're like at a tired state. Like you're just ready to relax, sink into a podcast. It's been a long week, yeah. Mm-hmm. For God's sake, sign up for audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast so that I don't have to work anymore. Fuck's sake. We need <laughs> we need to get do it for Ian. Hashtag for Ian. Audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast. If we get enough sign-ups, then Ian can finally live the life he deserves to live. One of general ease and uh, apathy and lethargy. So that's what we're aiming for? I don't know. We didn't really clarify. <laughs> we didn't clarify if that's what you wanted. Uh, so, yeah, please do that. And, you know, if you're listening on your phone, if you're listening on, like, iTunes Store, you know, just get off your iTunes Store and go to audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast and sign up. Or, now, if you're listening on Spotify... Which we are now on. Oh, yeah. We finally got approved. It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) I think they actually... I think they actually uh, take a look at the podcasts that they have and pick and choose. I think they they have a little bit of a curation thing going on on Spotify, which is insane because they also have, like, Chumba Woomba. (laughs) (laughs) Chumba Limp Biscuits, uh, B sides, <laughs> and all that. But yeah, they they took a long hard pause at us. They were like, "Hmm, will this guy ruin our brand more or less than Jumba Wumba?" Is it Chumba Wumba? Is it Chumba Wumba, or is it Jumba Wumba? Commute. Commute. <laughs> Commute. One of the two. One of the two is that. So we're on Spotify now. That means we're big time. Yeah. That means we're great. I think it's probably off the strength of Feudcasts. Probably. You know, uh, we've gotten the reviews are in on Feudcast. Uh, Five stars. Everybody loves it. Nobody has anything bad to say about Feudcast. But pretty much, uh, I watched it with some people. Mm -hmm. You know, I did a director's, I did a special director's uh, viewing party up up north uh, this past week. And I gotta say, the crowd loved it. Thanks for inviting the. Uh, <laughs> you were busy the working. Victor there. You were busy working. <laughs> you know, Feudcast doesn't pay bills. That's why. I mean, is if you can get people to sign up for AudibleTrial.com forward slash Scottcast, you know, in, in, to be honest, you have a platform that I don't think you're using. You, you see kids every day for therapy yeah and they're all coming to you asking for solutions and you can easily be like you know what check this book out you don't have to pay for it just go to audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast and uh, download a free version of the audiobook and cancel before you have to pay yeah you should have done that you should be doing that every day every day we should be getting new Audible trial signups due to due to your 
esteemed position as a as a, as a, as a helping helping and helping mind. Yeah. In the world of Detroit. Well, we have corporate policies against that. Do you like where does it say that you can't promote audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast? Provide referrals that will benefit me, me personally. Who knows if it'll go to you There's personally? Ethical boundaries, <laughs> and also I don't want any of my kids to really know about Scottcast. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll send them back years. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? <laughs> what exactly is a necromantic? <laughs> Let's watch that. Yeah, no, I don't need to be responsible for that. Okay, so you got to hide necromantic away from your kids. Yeah. Which is fine. Should, should I go back in time uh, to all the previous Scott Cast episodes, edit out your last name, maybe give you a fake name? I mean, maybe. You know, because we're about to be famous. I think it's too late. I think it's, it's, it's on the internet and it's like there forever and we're kind of... I I made my bed and I have to lay in it. Yeah, this is a Scott Cast bed. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. Now you're laying in it. Yeah. You For some reason, you... You listened to me, and I told you, hey, Ian, you want to come podcast with me? I'm going to bring up some topics, you know, the topics I typically talk about. Yeah. And you were like, sure, let's do that. Yeah. This is your bed. This is it. I'm glad that you're taking full responsibility for your <laughs> inevitable downfall. True. That's good. That's, that's something, see here, another thing that your kids should be actually learning from rather than... Maybe maybe you should be promoting Scottcast. I'm I am uh, modeling responsibility. Okay, okay. <laughs> it, like you're here every Friday. Yeah. Same time every week. You're you have you have the consistency of somebody who is getting paid. I'm accountable for my statements. That's right. You're completely accountable. Like yeah. I've never heard you say something and then do something else. Yeah. Like unless like you were like muling vomit <laughs> like down your chin yeah i can't pod today there's vomit coming out of my body at uncontrollable rates yeah. <laughs> there you go which is respectable i give you the uncontrollable rate of vomit pass sometimes i almost die Sometimes you almost die, but then you come pod anyway. You're yeah. like, you almost die, and then you're and like, like, well, let me a, tell you the story. There was a segment. <laughs> yes. I almost died, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I got something to bring this week. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's how you should be. That's, that's why you won Futecast. That's why you're the host with the most, co-host with the co-most. That's right. You know, that's, that's what's what. So, yeah, we, we're on Spotify. We're on all these different platforms for our listener base to listen to. We have so many choice, so many platforms for you to choose from. Too many to choose from. There's so many to choose from. So many to choose from. So many to choose from. Like, I can't... I'd be surprised if we didn't... Uh, I'd be surprised if five years time from now with all these platforms we on mm -hmm. uh that we weren't more famous than say elvis or the beatles or uh muhammad yeah do more people know jesus or muhammad i'd say muhammad you say muhammad. i know more people are named muhammad than jesus i think um muhammad is the most popular first name in the world 
the Muslim population is larger than the Christian population, I believe. Is it? I'm not 100%, but I, th- I think so. Email hotforscottcast at gmail.com if you're a Christian and or a Muslim, and we'll, we'll tally it. <laughs> there you go. We'll tally it, and we'll, we'll announce the winner next podcast. So I was going to say, our, uh, our viewership may be skewed, but in Hamtramck, you never know. Yeah, that's right. This is Hamtramck's favorite podcast. Almost. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> there's this uh, there's this conglomerate of frickin' entertainers down the street at Ghostlight. Mm. And they recently released a podcast network. Um, and I submitted ScottCast to it. Yeah. I haven't heard back from them. I think it's because they're intimidated by how great at podcasting we are. That's possible. You know, because I went to their live shows. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I gotta say, they were good shows. Uh, good podcasters seemed like everybody knew kind of what they wanted to do and where they were, but none of them had the grace and maturity that Scottcast has. Yeah, like none of them had people that waited. See, <laughs> 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 none of them had people that waited for the next uh, thing. It was a lot of interruptions and stuff like that. And I was listening to these podcasts. This live podcast short yeah. being recorded and I was like man if I was editing this I would tear out my hair you know I mean it's no feud cast yeah that thing took like 50 hours to edit yeah straight because I'm not the kind of guy to dole out work across a few days I might I might do that for the next video special which I've decided I'm not going to announce <laughs> on the podcast before it's crew completed I'm going to I'm going to keep any video projects that we do totally under wraps until day of launch because it's turned out that is that important? No. Okay. Cuz it turned out it pertains to Skycast though. Oh, it does? Well, J- Justin asked what I was doing and I told him I was casting. And he said, "You're always hanging out with Scott doing Skycast. I hate him." <laughs> Tell him I said hi. Hey Justin, how you doing? How you doing? Are you enjoying are you enjoying Scottcast? Email hotforscottcast at gmail dot com. He was our Bangladeshi listener. That's right. We had like five solid plays for Bangladesh when he was there. Is he in Ham he's in Hamtramck, right? He's back home. He's back home. So now he's just getting lost in the mud of me and you checking the feed, see <laughs> seeing how it sounds once it's published. Now he's not lost in the milieu of all our Hamtramck subscribers. So yeah, go back. Go back to Bangladesh so we know if you're listening. <laughs> okay, Justin? Do you want to announce your uh, your new title for our, our fan base? Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, Sibel, uh, one, of, one of our best Scott cast listeners, more most loyal, uh, huge proponent of the cast, has decided... Well, well, I tasked her with coming up with a better name because during Feudcast, we came up with a few different names. And I started with, like, the Scott Cast Legion, and she was like, oh, so you're going to associate all your fans with Legionnaire's disease. And I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, David suggested that we call them the Gold Members, which has nothing to do with Scott Cast, but is a penis reference. Dave is always thinking about cock. He is, he's got a lot of cock on the mind, you know. We had him on Feudcast, and for some reason, a lot of cock topics came up i don't know if it was him i don't know if it was drew but 
It was somebody. It was, and they brought the cock. They brought the cock to the pod. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Yeah, but sometimes you're talking about penises. <laughs> <laughs> so she came up with a new name for us, and I believe it's perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I have no qualms just running with this name yeah. and taking the intellectual property, trademarking it as my own without giving her credit. I think the fans of Scott Cass appreciate a certain form of podcasting. And I might, I, I'll hazard a guess that they, they have a similar personality type to us. And that type is one of extreme criticism mm-hmm. of other people and their endeavors. Yeah. Uh, extreme criticism of thoughts, philosophies, etc. Mm-hmm. And therefore, what, what, what's an extreme criticizing word that, that starts with cast? Nihilism. No, it does not start with cast. It starts with Nile. Yeah, go for it. Scott Castigators. That's good. That is a solid freaking name. That that is a name that you can put on a t-shirt and sell. Go to hotforscottcast.com. <laughs> Check that out. Become the become a become a shirt-wearing Scott Castigator and tell your friends about how great this podcast is because if you don't tell your friends how great this podcast is and we coast on a couple dozen subscribers I don't know I don't know if we can make it to episode 100 without Ian crying. And do you want to make Ian cry? Did we talk about how I cry last time? Yeah, what you you were cried once in the past decade. Uh, with due to an Emily Rose song, due to art, due to feeling touched. But this is not yeah. that kind of. This is not that crying. This is crying for getting touched in another way. Oh no! In a way that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cry for getting touched by, by the wandering hand of uh, the wandering hand of uh, what's it called when you're. But anyway, it's getting touched by that. <laughs> so that is not a good touch. That is that's a bad touch, and it would make Ian cry in a bad way. An ugly cry, like during the Emily Rose concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a album coming out this August. Check it out on Spotify after you listen to all Scott Cast episodes on Spotify. Yeah, uh, I don't know where she's got an album called "Wake Up Brave" coming up. Mm-hmm. It's a great title. Uh, I think it's probably the best title an album has ever had. She's got the best words. She's got good words. I didn't she- actually mean to compare Emily to. Donald Trump. Sorry. How did that happen? You got to compare. How did you compare it to Donald Trump? I said the best words. Oh, that was he, Donald Trump does not own superlatives. Just because he uses them all the time doesn't mean he gets to have them. Sometimes they are the best things. He's betterer than everyone. You know. Okay, he can get. He can take you. He okay. Fine. He can take messed up superlatives. He can take <laughs> misspoken superlatives, but he yeah. can't. You can't take the best stuff because we're the best podcast, you know. And just because we're the best podcast does not mean we, we can be associated. Come up with uh, more elaborative adjectives, though. Supreme, and, uh, supreme, benevolent, uh, great. Scott Cast, the great, <laughs> the great Scott Cast. There it is, great Scott Cast, great Scott. Get it. Anyway, so we're we're called the Scott Castigators now. Well, no, we aren't. We aren't. 
Our fan base. Our fan base is called the Scott Castigators. And if you want to be a card-carrying member of the Scott Castigators, all you have to do is sign up and subscribe and share it with your friends and uh, get a tattoo. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt, you know. That's all you got to do. So Feedcast was received with glory, but we got something in the email bag, a criticism. What? That's right, a criticism of Feudcast. Uh, and you probably noticed it, but at the end, when... Um, Everybody was eating bugs. Yeah. I didn't... Except Scott. Except for me, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) It's my podcast. I get to do what I want. And that includes making other people eat bugs. And apparently I didn't actually cut in a shot of someone putting a bug in their mouth. Now, when I explain this... Because first of all... The the action like there wasn't. Did you guys actually ever take the full bug and put it in your mouth? I I mean I removed parts. I removed the wings and the legs. Wings and the legs. But then you. I like, feel like there was a shot of me putting the the torso in my mouth. Okay. I feel like my shot of eating a bug was more clear than anything that Dave had though. And Dave was the one that was supposed to be eating bugs. I was eating bugs out of solidarity. Well, that's the more beautiful shot, though. Like, you know, we're forcing David to eat bugs because he deserved it because he lost. But you volunteered yourself. This is true. Like the great benevolent co-host you are. Like a Jesus. Like a Jesus of (laughs) co-hosts. You're the Jesus of (laughs) co-hosts. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) Just got to throw that one out. And you ate that bug yourself uh, without any need to do it. We could have totally, you could have totally been with me just ragging on David, holding a camera, uh, watching him eat a bug. But you ate it it yourself. And I thought that was the more beautiful shot. Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's you, it's you taking the bug and saying, I won. But I am still a better co-host than David, mm-hmm. so I will not let him take content from me. <laughs> you ate the bug. We're gonna put that on Instagram. We're gonna put the uncut, like at least a like at least a clip. Yeah, where you the best clip I could find with someone putting a bug in their mouth, just just to just to shut this person up. Maybe there was too much bug eating going on. And you just didn't get a good shot. There was possibly too much bugging and going on. David, to be fair, David ate more bug than I did. Did he? Yeah. We well, had we had four total, right? Four in the package? Yeah. Three were cooked. I ate one, and Dave ate two. Mm-hmm. And one was left for me, which I just threw out. You threw it out. <laughs> I didn't even. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so maybe we'll find the best clips of people eating bugs, and we'll post it on Instagram. Sure. And just to just just for the Scott, for the sake of the Scott Castigator, who wrote in, we definitely ate those bugs. Yeah, that definitely happened. I don't want anyone thinking that I did some canoodly end of editing to do that because the only reason like that might have been overlooked is because I was on the frickin' fiftieth hour of being awake, staring at this video. Yeah, and if you guys thought it was long at two and a half hours, so what do you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs> I had to sit down and watch every when single scene. it was scene. actually like six hours. <laughs> oh, yeah, six hours of footage. And that's the thing with editing video is is you don't spend the most time watching the good stuff. Yeah. 
You spend your most time watching bad stuff, feeling bad about yourself, cutting it out, deleting it. And once you have something left, like you chip it away, like Mar- like David in the Marvel. Mm-hmm. Not that David. Uh, the good way. The good the, the art David. Michelangelo David. There you go. Chip it away like Michelangelo David in the Marvel. And you end up with a beautiful podcast called Feudcast. But, uh, yeah, I was just, I was not. It's it's why we're not announcing video specials anymore on the podcast. That's that those are secret projects that are just going to come up. Yeah, and it'll be great. Like you won't you won't expect it. You're like you'll be get, waiting for your weekly pod. You'll be like, oh, I can't. I need that. I got that Scottcast scratch on. I gotta get gotta get my Scottcast on. You know, because I'm a I'm a Scottcastigator. You know, that's because that's the that's the inner monologue I imagine everybody has. Yeah. Is when they're waiting on Scottcast, and it's gonna pop up, and it's gonna be me saying, "Go to YouTube, boy, girl, whatever, whatever you choose." It's 2018. Go to Scott, go to YouTube, check it out. We got an amazing video special because we're we're a kind pod. Yeah, we are a kind pod. So we got that going. That's great. So Scott Feudcast was received with glory. And that I feel like that concludes email bag. We didn't. I think everybody's been too much in awe of Feudcast and too much in awe of because we got plenty of people like lauding us and we got plenty of people saying they want to be like us. We're kind of going rapid fire because of the uh, the editing time, so it's like. 24 came out and then 25 parts one and two were pretty rapid fire after that and we got 26 coming out like what tomorrow mm-hmm. that'll be a saturday morning for everybody yeah and this is going to be released after that so maybe we can we can hit 100 this year i really think we can you know because you know, like i was texting with david earlier and he might actually be on the pod next do you really think scott cast is gonna do you wrong no no, we're going to give you as much content as possible. You're going to we're going to shove so much audio pod down your ear hole. You're going to be like, "Oh my god, what's going on?" And then you're going to die because of how much podcasting we're sending your way. It's going to be great. You know, and after feudcast, after all that work. Yeah. I needed to take a vacation. And I haven't left Hamtramck in like a over a year. Yeah. So uh, I went up north with Sabelle, mm-hmm. and we went to this... It's on the tip of the thumb. So Michiganders would know exactly what that means. I like how you're holding your hand out like our uh, castigators can see what, where you went. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't you see where I'm pointing? Can't you see through the microphone? I need to get better microphones if you can't see where I'm pointing. Uh, but we're at, right at the tip of the thumb uh, in a place called Caseville, which is an extremely interesting town. Mm-hmm. Every single place has multiple flamingos mm-hmm. decorating it, like plastic, neon, etc., flamingo, ceramic, whatever. Yeah. Just full of flamingos. There's a cheeseburger in Paradise ripoff store, restaurant kind of place there. Okay. So it's got this real Jimmy Buffett vibe. There's like an RV park full of retirees. Uh, on the bay. Sure, it's not like a John Waters thing. Pink flamingos. I mean, I didn't see anybody eat shit. <laughs> you know? 
they didn't even talk shit, let alone eat shit. They were all very kind people up uh, there. Very kind. Uh, they're not the filthiest people alive up there. No, they're actually very clean. Damn. They're, they're super clean. Like, we stayed at a, a friend Isabel's house, which was super clean. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gave me a little bit of an existential crisis a little bit later when I got home. I was going to say. Yeah. What was that? Be a little disappointed if there was all that flamingo action and no John Waters references. Not a single John Waters reference. Yeah. There was water, there was flamingos, there was no John. Damn. Sorry about that. I mean, this is the third podcast we mentioned John Waters. Do you think John Waters is listening? No. He should listen. Yeah, I think so. Hey, John Waters, if you if you John wanna... Waters loves Detroit. He loves Detroit? Yeah. Well, shit! He like comes celebrates his uh, his birthday every year, except for on the on the tens. Really, he does. What does he do on the tens? Does goes somewhere nice? <laughs> <laughs> Treats himself. <laughs> but like, what does he do in Detroit on his birthday? He does shows. That's where. That's the thing I did in uh, in April there. Every year he comes to Detroit to celebrate his birthday. Essentially, yeah. I didn't know that was his birthday show. It was his birthday extravaganza. He had uh, two days, yeah. Oh. Well, there we go. Well, Johnny, come on next next year. when you're Unless it's your 10th, whatever, yeah. I guess. Well, even if it is to the 10th year, you know what? You should make it a double. Like, you like Detroit, and this is quite a nice podcast. Yeah. So, do something nice. Do Scottcast. That would be glorious. If we got John Waters, I would die. I would love that. I would love to see you die. <laughs> Final Destiny and John Waters comes to Scott Cast. That's right. <laughs> Scott talks awkwardly over Ian's dead body to John Waters. <laughs> so, what did you do again? <laughs> so, yeah, we went to Caseville, uh, found a bunch of flamingos. There was an ark. Yeah. I, know you don't, I know you don't believe in that kind of stuff, but... no. But there was an ark. Yeah. Middle of the field, just like it would be in uh, Noah's Ark. Could it have fit two of every uh, species of animal? I don't even think it would have floated. (laughs) 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 It was built out of an old barn and uh, and, and propped up, I guess, where that barn would have been. Mm -hmm. It was titled Emergency Ark. I think the artist was Scott Hotchins or something like that, mm-hmm. somewhere in Detroit. And the important thing to note about this Scott Hotchins fellow yeah. is his name is also Scott, but he does not have a podcast called Scottcast. Okay. Unlike Scott Bradley, who thinks he's so fucking cool that he can have a podcast called Scottcast when it doesn't have anything to do with what his podcast is about. Fuck that guy. Right? And you went up north recently. And you, yeah, sort of recently. And uh, you did this thing where, uh, uh, where do they call it? Like a dark sky preserve? Yeah, the uh, the dark sky park. Yeah, and you had to um, you had to go through the woods, follow these creepy signs. Yeah, and hope it didn't land you at some serial murderer's house. Yeah, and if so, it was one of two things: it was, you're either going to get killed or you're going to see some good stars. That's right. And I had a similar experience. Okay. There was beautiful stars out yeah. where I was, but I just had to go outside, like like the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty nice. Yeah, like no light pollution. We looked up at the sky. I have never seen so many stars. I've never, I've realized 
I never saw the Milky Way. I thought that was something that you had to use infrared bullshit to see. Yeah, no, it's uh, you can see it. Yeah, you could. Yeah, it is like it's a beautiful thing. And we were looking up, and apparently there was some what 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 astronomers or astrologers or whatever it is call activity. There's a lot of activity in the sky. Yeah, and there was this one meteor mm-hmm. that came so close it lit up the sky and practically knocked my hat off. Mm-hmm. That close, and immediately I was like, "Sabelle, have you ever watched Armageddon?" <laughs> <laughs> she said no, and I was like, "You got to see it. It's a blockbuster." And I, I know Ian, you're not a big fan of the blockbusters. No, I don't. I don't care for uh, for films that most people like. Ten generally you don't care for budgets. No, no, I like. <laughs> I like people to be creative and make the most of the little they have. I think you need to give Armageddon another shot. Yeah. Because it's a, a, it's a pretty funny movie. You got Steve Buscemi playing a horned-up MIT professor kind of guy. Like, he, at one point, he's literally riding a nuclear missile, like a cowboy. Like, uh... In space. Uh, what's that other movie? The Kubrick... Dr. Strangelove? I don't know. I've never seen it. I should have told you that when you said Kubrick. <laughs> it's probably a Dr. Strangelove reference. Actually, he says that in the movie. Yeah. He says in the movie that, hey, haven't you seen it? Dr. Strangelove? Because like everyone was mad at him mm-hmm. because he was uh, uh, humping a nuclear warhead. Yeah. And they're trying to save the world. Spoiler alert. It's called Armageddon. <laughs> So they're trying to save the world, and he's riding this nuclear missile. So you love this movie that references a better movie. I mean, better. You don't understand the reference to. I think here's my problem. Here's my problem with with your opinions. So we got Armageddon, and it's a blockbuster popcorn movie. The lines have more cheese than poutine. And is that how you say it? Yes. Okay, good. Got one right. I got that one right. (laughs) Ding. Uh, it's more cheese than poutine, but I think it's a high quality cheese. This is the kind of cheese you get shrink wrapped uh, behind the glass at your local Kroger's. This is the kind of cheese that you that you cut into and you like almost vomit at the smell, but like you're like mm, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's that kind of cheese. Good pungent stuff. Yeah, it's good pungent cheese. Mm-hmm. Like because Bruce and Bruce Willis is the one delivering all the cheese lines. Most of them. Yeah, like he gets most of the one liner. You know, action hero cheese lines. I do appreciate some good Bruce Willis one-liners. I'm a fan of uh, the Christmas movie. <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the Christmas one. I'm a fan of his Christmas special. What was it? <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, you know. I have a hard time with Hollywood, I guess. What's your What's your problem with Holly? I don't think they do things... You have these inflated budgets, and they don't... They don't... They don't correspond to inflated goodness. Yes. I like cheese when it's creative cheese. Mm-hmm. It's artisan cheese. Artisan cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you like... You know, you're more like... I'm talking about, like, the good cheese that you get at a, a major supermarket. Yeah. That's what this Armageddon is. And you're you're into, like, going to France, finding some local cheesemonger... Uh, spending the day with But, I them. mean, you got, like, 
like I referenced in, uh, I think it was Feudcast, uh, like the early Peter Jackson stuff. Mm-hmm. That's cheesy as fuck. Right, and you said it was perfect. Perfect. Perfect cheese. Because this is before, it's before the Hollywood influence. Mm-hmm. But you also said his... Uh... He made those movies for like a couple thousand dollars, and he's, he played like three parts in the films. <laughs> right. So this is a clerk's budget we're talking about. Yeah. Clerk's budget, clerk's budget cheese. Clerk's budget cheese is my cheese. Okay. That's, that's what I'm about. You, 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 that high that high budget cheese just doesn't grind your gears a bit. Yeah, it's too much filler. Well, let me tell you what kind of filler they they paid for. Yeah, we got Michael Clark Duncan playing uh, pretty much Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> right. We got Steve Buscemi. I already described him. Bruce Willis already described him. We got Ben Affleck playing the most perfect Ben Affleck role. Uh, a kind of a cocky jerk yeah who's uh, sleeping with Bruce Willis's daughter uh, a guy who's from Russia so we got a Russian representation it's a multicultural film I'm sure it's not an offensive portrayal of Russians <laughs> <laughs> to be fair he's the guy's been in space for 18 months yeah. so he's meant to be kooky and that's, oh. that's the explanation they get for his kookiness not that he's a Russian uh, but I'm pretty sure everybody who watched it was like, oh, look at that Russian guy. Aren't Russians silly? No, he's kooky because he's in space forever. Um, who else is in it? Hmm, Colonel Sharp. I don't know who he was played by. He's played by the guy who looks like Kevin Bacon, but isn't Kevin Bacon. Am I convincing you to see this movie yet? Like I said, I, I've seen it once. I saw it, like... Pretty soon after the release, but it was it was on VHS. We rented it. I wasn't impressed as a twelve year old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm just imagining twelve year old Ian Dixon still has a beard. Yeah, <laughs> watching Armageddon. I'm not impressed. Nah, that didn't do it for me. I don't know. You know, I mean, it's not a it's not the kind of film that 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 you're like, wow. I just need to understand how they made it. It's it's the kind of film that you go in for two and a half hours to get your life and, and and just get catapulted on some crazy plot action. So that's Armageddon. I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening to Scott Cast has seen Armageddon. I think I showed the last person who hasn't seen Armageddon in the movie. Yeah. So I don't know what the point of this review segment is other than I'm, I love me some cheesy blockbusters. We continue to be indecisive. Scott's pro Armageddon. I am anti Armageddon. Well, you see, that sounds really bad out of context. <laughs> <laughs> out of context, yeah. Scott's pro the destruction of mankind, and I, after thought, am against it. <laughs> well, distinction events are going to happen. Right, right, right. And and uh, yeah, so it was a great trip. It was wonderful. I loved to see. I loved being there, and it was really relaxing. And I didn't want to leave. And when I finally got back to Hamtramck, mm-hmm. back to my little Norwegian prison, yeah, here, I you felt how prison like it was. I, I yeah, <laughs> it was like my eyes were opened to how how 
how my lifestyle has crumbled since. Like living in a place with like a normal working appliances, uh, a laundry machine. Like at the end of the trip, like we were washing, um, we were washing the sheets and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, because it's someone else's house. Which wash the sheets after you're done. Yeah, make it good as new, so when they come back, it's no big deal. Right. Leave no trace. We're like campers, except we used a house. Yeah. And and I was like, wow, why don't we just wash all our vacation clothes too? And why not? And the ease of that decision just totally put me on that hedonic tre- treadmill. Ran me thousands of miles ahead of where I was living in Hamtramck. Mm. Then I moved back to Hamtramck. And the thing I noticed was, A, this place is a sty. B, I don't have a laundry machine. Yeah. I want a laundry machine. I'm 28 years old. I don't want to go to the coin-operated thing anymore. I'm sick of hoarding quarters. I want to put quarters in rolls. You know? I want to save quarters. I want to have a big bucket of quarters because I never use quarters. Yeah. I want to have a bucket of quarters. And I need to get a laundry machine to do that. So I've been looking for a new place. So you want to... Uh... Is that post vacay depression? Is that a clinical thing? Do people do that? I think that's a, that's a normal thing. Bronwyn always is real insistent that we like clean the shit out of the apartment before we leave for vacation. Smart, smart person right there. So that we come home to a place that we don't despise. I came home to a place that I despise, and let me tell you, if you're if 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 you're ever doubting that idea when it's happening, don't. Yeah, it is. It's real. You'll come home and you'll hate your life. <laughs> so good on Bronwyn. I wish I had that advice earlier, but Bronwyn doesn't write into Hot for Scott casts. Oh, she just waits for me to show up. <laughs> so you hoard quarters for uh, for laundry? Well, yeah, you got to hoard quarters for laundry. You know, because like you know, you go out and get. It's either that or or, or you split a five dollar bill and then you have to catch the quarters as they fly out at you in the machine. Some depression era shit. My mom's parents lived through the depression and they they like had just buckets of change all over the house. Mm-hmm. And so when when my grandma died, she like <clears throat> just I got a big bucket. And, like, all my cousins got, like, buckets, just buckets of money. But it was all, like, it was all coins. That's how their inheritance was passed? It was, like, all the shit they, like, stored away in their house. So, so like, the lawyer was, like, and, and Ian? Because they don't trust banks. It, right. The stock market crashes, they lose all their shit. Relevant to that? Yeah. Relevant to that is we went to go see this octagon barn. Tell me all about that. And, and this octagon barn, apparently, first off, an octagon barn is totally inefficient to build. I would imagine octagon, yeah. But, like, there was this banker, yeah. <laughs> There's no real reason to do it. <laughs> it just looks cool. But there was this banker that was uh, in that area, I guess. Um, and one day, he's like the Elon Musk of old-timey bankers. Mm-hmm. One, day, one day he was uh, driving or in a train. And he found an octagon barn out the window, and he stopped at the next stop, went to the octagon barn, learned all about it. And when he came home to his wife, he was like, honey, one day, one day, we will have our very own octagon barn. You mark my words. (laughs) 
And man-made good. He built himself an octagon barn. It's the largest one in North America, according to our very nice tour guide from Missouri. Okay. He was from Missouri. Yeah. And But the big deal with this guy is that they totally gloss over on the tour. It was a three-hour tour, mostly about farm implements. Mm-hmm. But the guy who built it was the guy who went to Washington and helped architect the FDIC-insured banking. Okay. So he's the person that literally shaped the world of finance, Great Depression onwards. Mm. He's the reason why, don't, why we had, don't, haven't had Great Depression too. Yeah. Return of the Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, and if, like, if he didn't do that, we would have had that in the 50s. For sure. So complain about you will, as you will, about the next Great Depression. Yeah. He stopped that crap for 70 years, but they totally glossed over that. So what's the point of the Octagon Barn? Is it so that, uh, you know, get ambushed by, like, a murderer? No. No, it's not about murder ambushes. Because the govern- there's no cor- – well, I mean, there's corners, but not really. You can see any of the corners from one corner. Right. I don't think it has anything to do with ambushing because, A, yeah. this is Michigan up north. Well, I don't 30s, know. 30s, and there's not much ambushing going on. One of those uh, those Halloween movies, somebody got murdered in a barn with, like, pitchfork. That's just what I think about with barns now. <laughs> That's just the normal barn activity I associate. <laughs> yeah, I mean... What happens in barns? Murder? It's a good place to get murdered. <laughs> what do they use barns for anyway? It's not the zombie movies Besides with barn murders. I think there's one of the Jason, one of the Friday the 13th, probably somebody got killed in a barn. For sure, Halloween, like, I don't know which one, but one of the Halloweens, someone definitely got pitchforked in a barn. Well, I hate to disappoint you, but barns are usually used to hold livestock. Well. <laughs> and hay. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever tools and associated with I'm just trying to either. think of, like, what, what would be the, uh, the, adv- the advantage of, uh, of uh, the octagonal barn? They say that the reason why they were built was, for some reason, back in those days, uh, the government thought to themselves... Uh, wow, this is an efficient setup for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, in theory, for some reason, having a round kind of octagon-type barn was an efficient way to do things. But our tour guide said, actually, it's not. Yeah. And that's, well, you would maximize space, but it would all be vertical. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so, really, it wouldn't help. Yeah. It didn't really... What, it was a Unless kind of, you had like layers and cows were shitting on each other, that would that wouldn't be good. That yeah, would, that I think would it, not be sanitary. I think all the livestock stay on the bottom floor. Yeah, <laughs> they don't shit on each other. <laughs> unlike Scott Cast. Oh yeah, unlike Scott Cast. This is not. It's not the Scott Cast barn <laughs> where where it's just levels of, like me on top, and it's like a like a human centipede of people shitting on each other. <laughs> David on the bottom. <laughs> oh, come on. So there is that. Um, so yeah, I mean that's 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 about all I have. Well, that's about all I have written down in my show notes for 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 the vacation I took. Okay. And I'm looking for a place in Hamtramck. So if there's a Scott Castigator out there who has a has a home or a rental flat. Uh, somewhere that they want to give me first dibs at. I mean, you could be 
the next location of uh, Scott Cast headquarters, Sunningham Tramick, the home office. Yeah. So that would be good. Like, would you feel comfortable potting in a different room? We've been potting in this room the entire run. I mean, change is good. Change is good. It's hard sometimes, but... I imagine the next place I have is going to have all the amenities, including, like, central air. Yeah. uh, A stove. (laughs) (laughs) Working doorknobs. You know, uh, Justin is working on clearing out our... uh, our, uh, Shed? Garage out back, yeah. Oh, I'll take that. So... I'll take that. What's the rent on a shed these days? Oh. 12 bucks a month? I can probably cobble <laughs> that together if we get enough Audible trial subscribers. You might die in the winter, but... Uh... Good! <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. I'll, uh, Scott Cast Headquarters is moving to Ian's garage. That sounds great. <laughs> so last podcast... The last podcast, yeah. we talked a lot about the ego, the superego, and the id. Yeah, got, got a little Freudian in there. Mm-hmm. You're the superego of our universe here. You're the one who helps us understand the outside world. You give us the outside world's perspective on a lot of our topics, the rational, um, the sober kind of perspective, even though you're always drinking. <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> you give us the rational view. David's the id. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the beast. He's the podcasting. He's, he's the dog. He's the he's, he's the guy with the taut leash. Yeah, like you know, always talking about dicks. Always talking. Always bringing up dicks and science. <laughs> and speaking of dicks, uh, last podcast we also brought up the ego, which is to me, to for Scottcast world, it's me yeah. because it's the Scottcast name. And in the greater world, uh, the greatest example of a large ego that we can find. Besides, well, without delving into full-on narcissist personality disorder, yeah, is Elon Musk, mm-hmm. uh, big ego man. Uh, he, For sure, he likes the public. He, he's big into PR, and it seems like he's into PR not necessarily for for promoting his products, his cars, and uh, shingles. I guess. <laughs> I think that's what he makes: cars and shingles. Um, and instead. Uh, just to make himself look good, like uh, make himself like look like a kind of a big time, big time kind of celebrity. Ooh, look at me! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's been losing sleep, and I, 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 I'm remiss to have the previous episode published mm-hmm. without then addressing uh, his Twitter bomb. Yeah, his Twitter bomb because uh, we we directly talked about the rescue divers. I'm kind of bummed that there was such a lag. That like this news evolved so quickly, and it feels like I'm responding to what happened, whereas I was actually I was ahead of the the curve there. Oh yeah, you were. Like if any <laughs> listeners, I mean, there's a reason why we didn't mention pedophilia in the last episode, <laughs> and that's because we didn't have a chance. We didn't have an opening. <laughs> Believe you, if we had that opening to bring that up, <laughs> we would have brought it up. <laughs> But yeah, he he went on Twitter, uh, and one of these uh, rescue divers was talking shit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he might be a Scott Gastigator. Could be with the rate he was talking shit. Whatever. Um, and and he was and Elon Musk responded with uh, saying X X. Uh, you know, you're you're wrong because of this this and this, and also you're a pedophile. 
Yeah. Which is like, when you read it out of context, like, even, like, if you read it in general, you're like, where did that come from? Wow. How do you know? Like, do you, are you in, like, did you go to that pizza shop? (laughs) (laughs) Were you guys both in the same pizza shop? And what does that say about you? He tweeted at the rescue diver, Mm -hmm. accusing him of pedophilia, and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. This tweet came out of nowhere. It's uh, most people. I Googled it. Like, why would, why would he feel so confident to launch that into the public eye with, Mm -hmm. with nary a spell check? And, uh, yeah, it turns out like that's the thing in Thailand. Uh, expatriates go there and, and they're kind of predatory. It's, it's, it's like a, I don't know if it's a big problem. I don't know if it's a stereotype. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a prejudice thing. That's not true. I don't know anything about it other than Elon Musk really capitalized on it. Yeah. <laughs> really capitalized on that sentiment to call this dude a pedo. And I think he was banking on people like investigating this guy immediately mm-hmm. and discovering he was right, but that didn't happen. He deleted the tweet, and I think this tells us one of two things: one, Elon Musk really needs to get some sleep, not not Roseanne Barr sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he's got he's got keep a problem away enough. From the ambient, yeah, keep away from the ambient. But uh, some good solid eight hours, like let someone else take care of Tesla. Yeah. Let someone else take care of uh, installing the laptop batteries in his little scooters. Mm. And uh, they're not scooters. They're fantastic vehicles. But whatever. Right? Just in case we have a Scott Castigator out there with Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dave will be them. We can shit on him right now. Right, right, right. Uh, so Dave's going to come on and defend him, the pedophilic comments. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that's what I'm most happy about. I'm not happy about all all this all this rank and all this rank stuff happening. I'm not happy about uh, Elon Musk totally ruining his reputation, totally mm. ruining the idea of going to Mars. I think this uh, this highlights. My conclusion from from previous Skycast, though, that like there's that light side and that dark side to all of us. Okay, Elon Musk's dark side is all about being alpha, and, yeah, and ripping into people. Like he's obviously a huge asshole, right? At least, yeah, when he when he gets his crosshairs on you, yeah, he goes for the throat, and. uh He's kind of an egomaniac, but he's he has advanced uh, technology in a positive way, I think. And I think his uh, contributions to science are going to be important. Good, because that leads into our next topic, but continue. Yeah. So. Oh, that's it. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's important that we we advance our scope of civilization, whether it's beyond this planet to, to other planets or if it's creating mole societies i think it's important that we uh we explore alternatives because like i said in episode 24 we we done fucked ourselves here right right <laughs> where <laughs> we got to figure something out yeah quick. we, we got to do something so you're gonna so you're you're you you 
castigate Elon Musk, but as a person, I think Elon Musk is a huge piece of shit. One one great big pile of shit, Jeff Goldblum. Big old apart. pile of shit. But he's done good things for humanity, potentially. That's yet to be seen. We we gotta see where it goes. But uh, I don't think launching his car into space was helpful to anybody. But uh, I think his investments in certain areas um, could potentially benefit people. Okay. I don't know that his motivations in making those investments were uh, sound. I mean, we know from a moral standpoint, but I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about us being successful and surviving. Right. So we know he's definitely seeking some sort of approval with all this mad, mad thrashing. Yes. Um, he's definitely seeking approval. Uh, he definitely enjoys the limelight. Uh-huh. He definitely enjoys people looking at him, looking up to him as some big uh, above man figure. Yeah. He thinks he's homo technicus, I believe. I think so. He's totally in his mind that he's the next stage of humanity. We all know the Batman mythos. You're wearing a Batman shirt right now. I am. And the Batman mythos, and similar with the Iron Man mythos, we got a rich man essentially uh, training and and uh, developing technology to the point where he can fight crime on a huge scale. Yeah. So, with that said, we know Elon Musk is big into seeking approval. We know superheroes are big right now. Just look at the box office numbers, even for the stinkers. Yeah. Like, everybody loves a good superhero kind of guy. Everyone loves a good guy with crazy powers. Absolutely. So how long is it going to be until we see Elon Musk in some sort of crazy techno suit, uh, flying in, swooping in, saving people from tidal waves, fires, uh, beating up, uh, beating up, beating up people, stealing cars, stealing Teslas? Oh, what? Like, I bet he's gonna like have like some technology in his Teslas that are gonna alert him to when he's getting they're getting stolen, yeah. and he's gonna have like little jet packs to go, mm-hmm. and he's gonna go right to these people and beat them up with his little suit, and he's gonna be like, Elon Musk was here, slap, <laughs> and leave, and then he's gonna be a big news story, and like yeah. I think I think eventually his PR stunts are gonna culminate into him pretending to be an actual superhero. Like more than just fan to the the so he's gonna he's gonna guy. go like Tony Stark and actually do this. Yeah, he's go. Yeah, it's more Tony Stark than Batman because Batman's yeah. a very brooding. He's doing it because he's avenging his father. But Tony Stark's doing it mostly because he's you know he's got more of that ego that Elon Musk has. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Bruce Wayne's a quiet philanthropist in a way, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, well, billionaire corporate developer philanthropist. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and Elon Musk is more of the Tony Stark type, the, the cocky, I'm going to put my name on this yeah. kind of guy. So uh, Why didn't they do a Batman versus Iron Man instead of Batman versus Superman? I literally have that as a... As Damn. a line item. Oh. Look at that. Read that. Oh, yes. Yes. You didn't that, know that. Didn't. That makes so much more sense. Right? That would be a great freaking movie. Yeah. Batman versus Iron Man. We got the dark brooding millionaire, playboy millionaire versus the cocky egotistical playboy millionaire. Because their ego, they're, they're equal on that, the like the strength level or the... Uh, 
the resource level. Yeah, like in Batman vs Superman, but it's, it's like morally they're they're on opposite sides, different universes. Yes, like Batman vs Superman is like a watered down version of what this could be. Yes, like Superman. First off, let's be honest, Superman could beat the crap. I love Batman way better than Superman. Batman's my favorite because he is a normal fucking guy. Right. Well. Well, yeah. He's kind of a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) But he's not like a... He doesn't have, uh, you know, mutated genes. Or, like, he doesn't have actual superpowers. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's what I like about Batman. Right, right. And then we got Iron Man over here. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a lot of the same way. He doesn't have any superpowers. But they both take totally different approaches to their... Do their I don't know uh, little little hobby. Yeah, uh, we got Tony Stark over here, wisecracking. He's, he's he's Iron Man is the face of his little company mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. And we got Bruce Wayne over here, brooding, dark, always hiding his identity and stuff like that. Exactly. Uh, and he in the shadows. He's not doing it for for ego like Elon Musk. Right, right, right. So. So that would be a fantastic movie. Like, I think we, so. We'd have like we. I mean, think about it. Like, let's say like a Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr. fighting like even Batfleck or who's putting all out, who's putting out all these shitty movies? Is it Universal or like you know the studio that's putting like the Marvel's Marvel owned thing? by Disney? Disney or not owned by Disney? That might be owned by Disney. I but I know. I but Warner Brothers is doing uh, the DC universe. So Warner Brothers hit us up. We can develop this idea. Right. We're totally the first people to think of this. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright Scott Cast. <laughs> it's going to be just like a two and a half hour long audibletrial.com forward slash Scott advertisement <laughs> with Bruce Wayne and Iron Man saying in unison the, the URL at the end. <laughs> Subscribe today. It's such a good deal. Even I would... Even I'm signing up. <laughs> so, like, I think that would be fantastic. I agree. That would be a great movie. Like, that's a that's a cinematic mass. That's a cinematic blockbuster you'd go see. I would see that, and I I am not a fan of the the superhero genre. Right. But that's kind of where we were going. Was like, where is this going to end? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it's huge. I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Right. I'm not. I haven't been into it. Hmm. Um, but they're still raking in the money. They're Infinity raking in the War money. Broke records. I uh, I utilize it for my practice at work. Cause now I, that's when you know it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah. When you're repairing people's mental health by referring to these archetypes. Well, yeah, it's like I it's mean, our modern day Greek tragedy. Absolutely. These superheroes. Even if I'm not, yeah, individually uh, invested in it, I. I appreciate the effect it has on society or the the impact it has on um, on our uh, our culture at large. Do you think if Elon Musk were to suit up, yeah, and take cap capitalize on this mm-hmm. and the technology works, do you think he'd get a pass from the government? Do you think it would go like the route of Batman v Superman, where the government's against superheroes? Or do you think uh, do you think it's all would, do you think that's like this is the inevitable death of Elon Musk? He's going to strap himself into too much rocket fuel and blow up. 
it's hard to say. That's that's predicting the future kind of question. That but. is, yeah. Are you asking what what I think should happen or what I think will happen? Well, I, I believe <laughs> for the should happen, like you think he should take a step back, focus on the science, and put the science first. Stop, stop trying to. You're like a lot like Sabelle. She, I, I tested this topic out with her. And she was saying, like, you know, Elon Musk needs to stop, delete his Twitter, mm-hmm. just have the Tesla Twitter, just yeah. have the SpaceX Twitter, let, let, let some teenager run it. Well, that was the problem with this, like, this cave rescue thing. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was inserting himself into something he knew shit about. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm going to develop this submarine, and it's going to be great, and it's going to save everybody. And... The people who actually saved the kids were like, "That's that would not help us at all. That's not feasible. And so you're a pedophile all of a sudden, apparently, because you know how to save kids from this spe- very specific situation. Only a pedophile would have the drive to go down there without that technology. <laughs> so, like, again, yeah, if we're talking about, like, Feasibility is part of, like, what should happen, mm-hmm. right? What what would happen, mm-hmm. um, given our political climate, I don't fucking know. I think he probably would, like, gain public support just doing the vigilante Iron Man kind of thing. I think everybody would kind of stroke that ego for him. <laughs> I don't think that's that's what's appropriate. I think if if we were if we were a rational civilization and we looked at things like the people who actually saved people, mm-hmm. then no, don't don't let him do that. Don't let him do that. Oh yeah, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be. He's gonna. My thought is he's gonna learn from this experience, but he's not gonna learn the thing you want him to learn. Yeah. He's going to learn about Feudcast, <laughs> is what he's going to do. He's going to learn not to announce some big-ass thing yeah. until it's done. So he's gonna, what he's going to do is he's going to rent out some woods in the Canada, mm-hmm. and he's going to test out this thing, get all the kinks worked out, and he's going to choose a super easy but flashy mission to unveil his superhero alter ego. So you think he's responding to pun- positive punishment? I think, yeah, I think he's responding in a certain way. He's responding, he's, he, but he's not doing it in the way you want him to. He's doing it in the oh, way... of course not. Yeah, like, he's not going to change his ways. He's going he's gonna to retain this need for this drive, because that's what yeah. drove him to the place he was at in the first place. Right. Because, like, why else, like, when you... If, if you were the man who sold PayPal, like, you would have enough money to live rich and comfortably, like more rich than either of us are ever going to be mm-hmm. for the rest of your life doing nothing. And he didn't do that. He spent all that money on his next venture. True. That's the mark of a man who needs this recognition, needs this accomplishment, needs this this road, the, these notches in the belt. Yeah. And he's not going to stop just because of a Twitter war. I wonder what kind of horrible things happened to him as a child. Well, he was born and raised South Africa. Uh, I don't know if it was horrible things. I don't know if he did horrible things. I don't actually know anything about that. He's got... Something went wrong. 
something went wrong with them because he's he's seeking this uh is this your professional opinion is your is this your professional opinion do you think i mean i can't i can't uh i can't like diagnose him without meeting him or anything oh yeah 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 standard boilerplate therapist talk come on get to get to the good stuff (laughs) but uh yeah i mean that personality doesn't just arrive out of nowhere you gotta Gotta get stoked. He's, he's missing something. He's he's seeking something. He's he's seeking something, and he's doing it in a way. That and it's will, in a way that's it'll never satisfy. That's uh, indiscriminate to other people. Without a super ego. Yeah. Mm, he's got a deficient super ego. Hey, this is the same. I mean, he's he's we... presenting as though he has a super ego because he'll he's offering to fix Flint apparently. Yeah. Which, well, you know, go ahead and give it a shot. If no one else if is... If he's going to throw money at it, like, fuck yeah, take that shit. Yeah, why not? But he's he's going to try and, like, develop a submarine to go fix the <laughs> water lines or some shit. <laughs> it's like, no, we don't want that. Like, just just replace the fucking lines with non-lead pipes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> give us bottled water for a while. That would yeah. be great. Yeah, while, they, while, while things are fixed. <laughs> So he's he's gonna like try and like uh, does it like okay so if he okay I have a question for you a moral dilemma yeah. as a therapist and also as somebody who's interested in the greater health of the community yeah uh, is it is it bad for someone who's basically thrashing against their deficient personality to do so in a way that benefits mankind on a grand scale as a whole no so okay. So it's, so it's like, like it's I good. said, every, everyone... This person's never going to get I'm satisfied. Not, I don't... I don't like a lot of things about Elon Musk, mm-hmm. but I don't discredit any of the benefits that he's provided to mankind. Okay. Well, how about this? Like, he's going to die a miserable person he's, with an unsatisfied superego. I feel like he is, yeah, he's probably a pretty miserable person. You think? I think so. Like, so... Because he's seeking so much approval from people. Like, he he's missing something. Mm-hmm. You know that. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yeah. Just, just, just the... That's the Scott Cast take. I like Elon Musk. I like his work. Yeah, I like everything he does. Uh, I like as far as like whether the stuff he does is useful or not. Like that's for the people on the on the ground to decide for me. And but my thought to you is like so as a therapist who's concerned with people's individual well being, mm-hmm. but also in the grander scale of things. If you had Elon Musk as like a patient. And he was coming to you, and he was just talking to you, basically, and stuff like that. And you, and you, and you're getting ahead on this kind of stuff. Like, would you find a way to recommend him to to like calm down and like have be more complete, but at the sacrifice of all the philanthropic endeavors that he's using to fill his gaping hole? <laughs> <laughs> the entire um, question was an excuse for me to see going with this gaping hole. Well, it's a dilemma. If he was my, if he was my patient, I would recommend whatever I felt was in the best interest of his mental and physical health. 
if he has the resources to provide some benefit to humanity and that was beneficial to him in some way, I would encourage him to continue with that. You would encourage him, but... If he was doing this for the sole purpose of having some kind of meaning in his life, I would encourage him to explore what life means to him. Hmm. 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 I want to stop Scott Cast now so I can do the same thing. <laughs> I've never thought about that. I just kind of live. <laughs> I'm like a freaking pinball over here, <laughs> bouncing off bumpers. <laughs> I think that's that's a, a lot of my story and why I do what I do. It's, uh, kind of what's important to me. And it's not so much about me. It's more so about uh, how I can impact the world in a positive way. So, like, how did you come to that conclusion? How did you... So, like, were you, like... So, like, you were in a different area before. uh, and And you were lost in the world. And you didn't know the meaning of life. You didn't know the meaning of your life. What life meant to you. And you did some soul searching. You took a weekend. All of them were in that. <laughs> <laughs> a long weekend. <laughs> and you, we're getting deep here. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm curious. I mean, do we need to pause the thing? I don't know. Do we? I mean, you be the judge. Well, how far are we into this thing? Hour fifteen minutes. Ah, yeah. uh, this is going to get deep. I don't know if we can handle this on a, on a Scottcast. Like a like when we're already basically completed with a Scottcast here. Psh, we got plenty of time. <laughs> it's like a two and a half hour upload limit. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So restate that question. So what led you to that? This realization because, like you say, that you're telling Elon over here. Like he's he's over here thrashing with all these different uh, different endeavors of his, uh, and, and it's clearly some form of I want to I want I need to find meaning in my life or, or there's some missing piece of my life and I'm and he's thrashing trying to figure out a way to fill his gaping hole, and it reminds you of a time when you had a gaping hole that needed to be filled. So you search like your imagery. <laughs> <laughs> so you so so you searched your you so you you took some time. How long did it take? Do you think from realizing you needed to oh, do some Christ. searching to not not like too definitive like you're there, but like to where you at least knew where to point yourself, like at least had an idea where to point. It yourself. took a while. I was. I was kind of uh, floating in the ether from high school through middle of college, middle mm-hmm. of undergrad. Mm-hmm. I'm was, still in that ether, but go yeah. on. So it was a good, it was good four to six years. Okay, where I was kind of trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. And maybe Elon Musk is still in that uh, sort of adolescent haze. It does <laughs> does have this adolescent like. Tinge to it, doesn't yeah. it? All this, uh, the grandiosity of it all. The the it's like it's like if a teenager actually was able to do the things he thought of. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which might not be helping him. It's like Holden Caulfield. Everybody's a bunch of phonies. Yeah. Oh. He's Holden Caulfielding over there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. And like, and he's getting all this reinforcement from Twitter and from the, from the right. world. So Imagine how confusing that would be. Right? Poor Elon. I know. Like, I'm, I'm starting to feel sympathy for this man. Yeah. He's, uh, he's just, just trying to be a worthwhile human being. But it's hard to navigate that in today's world. Everything's kind of all over the place. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you ever have, like, most people, like, I have the luxury of having time to think. And even then... I always I, like ninety percent of the time. I feel like I have no idea where I am. Yeah, what life means to me, I have no idea. Like every once in a while, I get a glimpse of clarity, and I'm like, I should start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but all the other times, I'm thrashing around, throwing chairs through windows. Uh, yeah, uh, just, I mean, just angry at the world, angry at myself mostly. That's uh, yeah. I think that's that's exactly where I was in that that stage, and I just I read a lot of Dostoevsky. That's I, what brought you to that. I found my way. Like, what about Dostoevsky? Dostoevsky. What about him? Like, like <laughs> I mean, you sure? I mean, like, if it works, I mean, like, like no, most people wouldn't go to Dostoevsky. The most people yeah. would like re, like look at the size of that. But I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to say those consonants together. <laughs> and but like you read it and and you found some sort of light, some sort of guidepost. Like what about Dostoevsky kind of sets you on a certain path? Like That's what? That's an excellent question. And I don't know that 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 my answer would uh would resonate with anyone else. So I don't want to like try and oh, yeah. steer people to that. You only have your own story. But we, when we did bookcast, I I recommended uh, notes from the underground, mm-hmm. which was like the first the, thing to note. It's short. It's short. <laughs> it's short for Dostoevsky. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like 120 pages or something. Mm-hmm. And it was. I think my my description of that was it was catcher in the rye, but it doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. So you had that Colden Hawfield, hold bloop, Holden Caulfield. <laughs> Everyone gets it. It's okay. <laughs> you had that uh, that Elon Musk kind of vibe, mm-hmm. but it was not as obnoxious and teenagery mm-hmm. as the the Holden Caulfield. I think it was a little bit elevated, and uh, I don't know that that helped me see a little more clarity. It's, it helped me understand some of the the nature of how our brains operate, and we. So, so you're saying like you you witnessed through the eyes of Dostoevsky uh, how somebody navigated. First off, how somebody came to the question. That they needed to ask, like, what does life mean to me? Mm-hmm. So you saw someone either arrive at that question or navigate through it. Which was it? Or some sort of mixture? I think it was navigate through it. Because 
there's a lot of is way ahead of his time in terms of like understanding the the human psyche. And there's a lot of super ego in that, in which he was evaluating himself through the eyes of his companions. But at some point, he was like, (laughs) 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 "At one point, he developed a rocket." (laughs) At some point, he 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 went to the ego and he was like you know what fuck what they think and i'm just going to do me and that's that's what i am and there's there's some give and take still but there's you have to at some point arrive at at who you are and what what's important to you and how you're going to make that uh matter in how you relate to people if that makes sense so it's like a threading together yeah. Uh, of the id, super and ego, and ego. That's what Freud's about, is about balance. It's about um, how these different parts of the psyche interact with one another, and the balance is what's important. It's not... Because everyone has those parts. We all want to fuck everything. I know. <laughs> we all got I'm, a little I'm bit holding of da- back right now. We all got a little bit of David in us. <laughs> little sneaky David. <laughs> <laughs> But you can't do that because society's got their their super ego is going to impose on you. They they they're going to set limits on you, mm-hmm. and you need to feel like you're important. The ego is important. All those parts are important, and you have to balance those things. And I feel like that's essentially what Dostoevsky gets at. He's very cynical about all of it, and um, his. His conclusions about it don't line up with my conclusions about it because he was actually a pretty devout Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, in terms of how he he evaluates the psyche and those those balancing forces, that's what I really resonated with. I like that. I mean, like that. I mean, I relate to that. I relate to that a lot because, like, that's kind of been my journey. And uh, through through these things, like you've you've been through this journey, and you are through this journey as soon as I met you. But you've kind of saw me. Well, it's and it's a it's, it's a, a it's constant a, thing. It's you a gotta, everlasting balance. Yeah, you never you never end it. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So, like to me, the end of the journey is always today. <laughs> I don't know the rest, <laughs> but like I kind of feel like I went through the similar thing because like after college and stuff like that, like I was I think I feel like I was very id centric. Yeah, not so much in the sense that I was putting my penis in a lot of different holes, <laughs> <laughs> but I was very focused on security and making sure that like you know like all my basics were covered, like very yeah. Maslow lower mm-hmm. lower tier stuff like uh i was really focused on on uh on developing skills to become uh you know self-sufficient and stuff yeah. like that and i was obsessed with it i was obsessed with uh finding a partner and starting like a kind of a nuclear family unit with this mm-hmm. person uh and i was obsessed with all that kind of stuff that's all super ego stuff is that yeah dang it i'm messing up <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's all uh values that have been imposed on you you don't have to 
be the nuclear family man. You That's can, true. You got to decide what's what matters to you in terms of uh, how you relate to the world. You could be in an uh, Elon Musk, and maybe that's like the thing you do. You know, so so is maybe maybe he is a perfectly that's, balanced person. That's not a that's not an immoral position. You can still be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you should work on that. <laughs> but uh, like the outside world and that how that impacts you, there's I don't know that there's a right and wrong with that. I mean, we we decide on that. We make judgments, but there's there's no like there's no black and white there with how the outside world necessarily influences yeah. you, or there's no there's no firm uh, moral standards in terms of like definite right and wrong. So like yeah, ascribing yourself these certain rules that you have to have. You have to decide that based on those other factors, right? Your your id and your ego, and how how you want to interface with the outside world. So, while technically there's like all that's gray, and it's like just nebulous, uh, infinite possibilities out in the world, right? I'll take a firm stance and say Nazis are bad. <laughs> Nazis are bad. <laughs> no Nazis. Nazis are bad. <laughs> There's a lot of gray area, but not there. That's because <laughs> my id and my ego and the way I choose to uh, interface with the, the outside world and my superego, I, I decide that that's where I draw a line. Nazis. Nazis is bad. Okay. It seems like a hot, that seems like a broad line. <laughs> That's, that seems like it gives you a lot of latitude. <laughs> True, because technically a Nazi could say that that's okay. And technically, because the superego is sort of nebulous, it's, it's, it's uh, fluctuating based on what everyone else thinks mm-hmm. and how we how our egos can uh, influence that so in Germany in 1939 maybe Nazis weren't bad you know like most Nazis I bet were just uh, armchair Nazis yeah. who weren't paying attention to the news that much so at that point like technically in that point in time, in that place, based on their individual psychologies, that was not incorrect. Okay. But but in the broader scheme of things, that's fucking bad. Yeah, yeah. Eugenics is bad, Scott Castell. <laughs> Scott We've established this. Solid. For the people writing in right now, <laughs> we've already established eugenics is bad, and we developed an alternative. It's called is, mole people. Is what I'm talking about making sense, because I feel like I'm equivocating a lot, and I don't want to be uh, misinterpreted as Nazi sympathizer. 
No one's going to miss it. <laughs> the only time people are going to... Here's the deal. The only time people are going to ever equivocate you to a Nazi sympathizer is if you keep asking yourself, and the podcast audience in particular, if you're a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> That's when people are going to start wondering. <laughs> I'm just saying we're, we're speaking uh, kind of hypothetically about, like, morals in a very very broad sense we're talking we're talking about coming of age we're talking about we're talking about uh coming of your own and uh and uh, balancing yourself with the demands of the outside world and the demands of your physiology and i'm trying to set an anchor and that seems like a pretty extreme position and that seems like a fair place to draw a line yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the superego has dictated very, very clearly, Nazis are bad. Nazis are bad. Today's superego is very clear about that. Whatever, whatever, whatever superego them neo-Nazis are subscribing to, I don't know where they get their info. They're wrong. They're wrong. That is wrong. <laughs> they should, I don't know, do, do a little bit of light Googling. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that should I feel like that would be the cure for most neo-Nazi uh, thought. You would hope that, but a little like Google. Apparently, that's not the case. Apparently not. I don't know. You know, where are we going with all this? Where are we going? We got all way this? off. I mean, we're not we're not gonna get that off. Where we're, 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 we're talking about Elon Musk, and we were talking about you know whether whether he would or would not develop a superhero suit to satiate his ego. Yeah. And I think we've come to the terms where, well, you know, if, you know, that's not so bad if, 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 as long as, as long as he's not, is according to our own standards mm-hmm. of don't be a dick. Yeah. As long as you're not going to be a dick about it. And as long as you're not going to feud cast it. And as long as you're not going <laughs> to like rip people apart on Twitter over it. Like, why not? Just do it. If that's your thing, if that's your thing is developing crazy technology and being flashy about it and all that. And so like where's that. our responsibility in uh, setting limits on that? Setting limits on what part? On him building superhero technology. Because that could be good, but it depends how he uses it. Right, right, right. And we have yeah, cause the superhero we are these su- ideas that extend into the... The moral uh, grayness of, of our society, but it's chaos theory. It's the Jurassic World debate. It's uh, do we develop this technology? How did that turn out? <laughs> exactly. It's, do we develop it, not this well? Where we're developing this technology, and we we're standing on the shoulder of giants, and we're selling it. We're selling it just like Jeff Goldblum said, just like he said in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta just just in case this is wonky. I gotta say, uh, we had a great conversation just mm-hmm. now. So great, we didn't realize the SD card filled up, uh, and and so we probably lost some gems. We probably lost some steam, but we ended up concluding in a in a loose way that uh, the Nazis are bad. The Nazis are bad. <laughs> And that uh, Jurassic Park is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and we should listen to it. And I'm pro-Musk developing a suit for fun and flashiness, but I'm against uh, total dystopia. Yeah. So there seems there seems to be some uh, 
some things need to be worked out to prevent the dystopia if a suit is uh, pursued. Right, right, right. I mean, this is all like this is all assuming civilization is going to last long. Civilization doesn't always last long. It's and, it's likely to end soon, <laughs> right? And like even at the flash of an instant. For instance, we've got some Pompeii news, Ian. Let's hear it. Okay, uh, a new discovery in Pompeii. Uh, a man was uncovered in his last moments, uh, frozen in time as a charred mess. Guess what his chosen last activity as the sky rained fire upon him was? Jerking it. That's exactly correct, Ian. <laughs> this man was discovered in a complete jerkin position, still erect, intact. Okay. Uh, just like, the, was it Tutankhamen? Just like Tut. Just like King Tut. He, he was he was uncovered with an erect uh, penis jerking it. Yeah. Um, which reminds me of a of a, I don't know if we covered this in Scottcast before, or maybe with David, or maybe I just maybe I just talk about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of recently there was this nuclear scare in Hawaii where the nuclear missile warning yeah uh, came yeah. off yeah and uh, all the people. Uh, you know, they did their last moments things because everybody in Hawaii pretty much believed they were getting nuked. Right. Um, and Pornhub released some statistics. Mm-hmm. There was a huge spike in traffic <laughs> right when that warning started. Yeah. And up through it. Like, it turned out, turns out at the, it's a lot like mall rats. Uh, there's a scene. In, there's a scene in Mallrats where uh, Brody is talking about his cousin Walter, uh, who was on a plane once, and the plane, the hydraulics went out and it decompressed, and they started the plane started falling rapidly. Mm-hmm. And what he decided to do was whip out his junk and, and start beating it. And then all the other passengers took a cue from Walter, <laughs> whipped out their junk, started beating it. Yeah. And they're all beating furiously, uh, thinking it's the last moments they're going to be alive when the hydraulics kick back in. Yeah. And the plane rights itself, lands safely, and everybody leaves not talking about the incident again. And there's just jizz everywhere. <laughs> Possibly jizz everywhere. I don't know if anyone finished. <laughs> uh, it, seemed, it turns out that's more than just a Kevin Smith joke. Uh, because not only do we have evidence of this happening in Pompeii, mm-hmm. but we have evidence of ha- this happening in today's time. Yeah. So it it seems to be a natural human reaction when uh, imminent death is here that uh, people are like, well, I got one thing left I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> one thing left on that old bucket list. Think of the best thing that could happen in, you know, one minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? <laughs> Jerk it. <laughs> I wonder how many people were on that website, like, debating what to watch. Like, um, that's what I'm curious about is, like, what... What do they search for? The, yeah. Like, did they have, like, a favorite video that, that gave them sentimental feeling? <laughs> or were they like, I need to see a gangbang? <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to see five guys going at one chick right now. <laughs> What was it like to be... I, I, I would like to put out a request for the first cast uh, guest interview. Uh, if you are in Hawaii during this time and you logged on to Pornhub, I want to know, what did you do? What did you look up? 
Uh, Why did you look it up? Uh, what was going through your mind? Nuclear warning yeah. going off. Let's take a look at some. Uh, let's do. Let's get some spanking done. Why did you think that? Why did your id take over? What did it feel like to be completely id? Like, at the last moment of your life, a super ego shed. There's no reason to have super ego when everyone's dying. That's true. Uh, there's no real reason to have ego when you're dying. But id? Id's always there. <laughs> Just hanging out, that sneaky D. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, that guy in Pompeii, maybe his id should have... Should have held a little control because he got kind of immortalized. Yeah, like yeah, maybe he should have like uh, been more discreet I about guess, his position. I mean, it's hard to know how maybe volcanic be- ash is going to deteriorate your body or if it's going to preserve you. Well, truthfully, nobody knows who he was. That's true. So his identity never got fucked. So yeah, you know his reputation was intact. Whoever okay. it was, maybe it was a nobleman, maybe it was a servant. Who knows who he was? Yeah. Uh, but he's now immortalized as one of the last uh, <laughs> people to jerk it in Pompeii. <laughs> you know? Which is great. It's great Pompeii news. And we tied it into everything else, which is good. Canada Newsian. Toys R Us, live or dead? Mostly dead. Mostly dead in Canada, going strong. Yeah, Canada, they survived bankruptcy. So if you want to go to Toys R Us, get your toy on. Canada's got you covered. Brown and I are planning a Canada trip. Maybe we'll hit a Toys R Us. Yeah, hashtag buy Canadian. Yeah, you know, go go to go to your Toys R Us. And apparently, now that they're free from the corporate chain, ball and chain of America, they're going to totally redesign the Toys R Us experience. It'll probably be. Bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Bigger, better, and more experiential is what they're saying. I like that. You know, I'm thinking they're probably going to make it like a theme park. You know, like when we go to Ikea? Yeah. And you go to Ikea, and it's it's just cardboard furniture. <laughs> but you go to there, and it looks like a theme park. Absolutely. And it's got a food court. It's got rides. It's got it's got people in costumes, I think. They got the little, the little, little, little kinder area. The kinder little areas. You drop your kids off and mm-hmm. just let them... Do whatever. Drop your kids off, leave them there overnight. It's great. <laughs> you know, that's the IKEA way. And now they're going to have that with Toys R Us, which is the probably the one store chain that should have done that from the beginning. Yeah. It's toys. Come on. Let the kids play with them. That's, Fuck yeah. That's how it happens. That's how you know they're good. Don't. Why did America hold on to the warehouse style of Toys R Us for so long? You know, they, I know they tried to, because that's what did them in, mm-hmm. was uh, online sales have surged uh, in the past uh, in the past years, and every year it's like doubling up, doubling up, doubling up. Everyone's going online for Christmas. And nobody went to Toys R Us for Christmas last year, and that killed it. That killed America's Toys R Us. Well, that's the Toys problem with uh, children's entertainment in general. Parents just want to kind of put them in front of a screen. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, like, interactive toys and stuff like that. Yeah. No, like, like physical things. And I get kids come to my office, and they're like, shit their pants. And I got, like, a couple uh, puzzles and, like, Trouble and Uno. It's, like, not that exciting. And they're like, they're like oh, this is so fun. I want to come to therapy. Well, that's good for you. Yeah, it's good for me. <laughs> like, it's like, man, like, what do you do at home? And they're right? Like, they're like, YouTube. And I was like, oh, that sucks. That does suck. God. 
YouTube sucks for me right now. Yeah. Let alone as a kid in need of all this stimulation. Do you think do you think do you think the next generation is going to be a roving mass of zombies, or do you think like when they come of age, they're going to get so sick of the internet that they're all going to be like I'm already sick of the internet, man. Right. Like as we're talking on a podcast, I bought all these fucking Kinder eggs for like for for my family and yours, right? Yeah, me and Kyle. These uh, these Lost World uh, limited edition Kinder eggs, and they got all these little dinosaurs in there. Like my my kids would fucking love that shit. Yeah, and they would be great with that. Toys R Us is sustainable if. Uh, families were willing to continue the analog toy industry. If I had a, if I had kids, then I had always responsible for raising these people. What I would do is I'd throttle their internet just like it was throttled for me as I grew up. Like yes, first seven years, you, 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 it doesn't even exist. Exactly. And then in the seventh year, you can load a picture in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> By the time they're eighteen, they can upload videos. And and all that, and I guess by the time they're twenty one, they they get full access to the internet, which at that point is going to be like you can download people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like I feel like that graduation was very important. It was. I man, internet was way different when we were kids. Mm-hmm. MySpace, no podcasts. No podcasts. No Scott Cast. <laughs> No YouTube. I remember when YouTube was just YouTube, not Google's YouTube. Yeah, man, them's were the days. Well, I think we're running out of steam for this podcast. All right, <laughs> we're talking about them's were the days. Them's were the days. So I hope that that segment, that beautiful segment we had, got can get ended well, and we have we have all the good shit still. I hope in there. we didn't lose all the good shit. I'm pretty sure it was all. I'm pretty sure we did good. I, we were. It, it cut out when we were rambling about Jurassic World. Yeah. So that's a good place for it to cut out. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated Transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. I'm here with Ian Dixon, and we bid you adieu. Adieu. Adieu.